Hello and welcome to another episode in the You're My Consumer podcast. I'm your host, Asif Chowdhury. Today, my guest is Lisa Middleton, the Head of Marketing and Brand at National Museums Liverpool. Lisa oversees the marketing and brand activities for National Museum Liverpool and led an organisational rebrand in 2021 as well. So that was a big task. So Lisa, thanks for joining me. And it's great to welcome you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So Lisa, let's get to know you um, and our listeners get to know you. So let's start off with some easy questions here then. So are you um, Apple or Android? Oh, Apple, definitely. Uh, it's a comms thing that I think, you know, it's probably 95% of the people I speak to are Apple uh, and uh, struggle to say the word Android uh, because it must just be a comms creative space type of thing. Uh, are you a city or countryside person? Oh, a bit of both. I've got best of both worlds. I live. Have you? live a little bit outside of the city so that's nice um but work obviously work in the city which is amazing yeah. when you get to go into Liverpool and especially when you know you've got tourists out and about and you know you've got school groups visiting and all of that it's so lovely yeah it's, um, nice atmosphere so the best of both so um let's ask you are you uh, do you prefer a, a digital ebook or do you prefer a printed book digital ebook for sure which I know is is probably quite disappointing to other people, especially given that I looked after our commercial books at NML for a while. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm a big reader, avid reader. But when I had the babies, I had to read on my phone. Otherwise, I'd forget my book and I'd have while they were asleep. So it, and I've just got into it. But it's great. I think it's so much easier. You can read at night without disturbing anyone. Don't have to get big book lights out or anything. <laughs> That's good. And uh, I've got to ask you, I've, I've been asking most people, um, Wordle, have you been hit? Have you been kind of hit with the bug? Have you been doing it? No, I haven't. But I do. I do like to play games on my phone. So I do play some word games on my phone. And yeah. I like I like to play this one, which is like an ancient version of Tetris. You just slide little blocks into place. <laughs> but, yeah, keeps, keeps, keeps you entertained. And the final one. Um, are you an early riser or do you love a lion? Probably something in the middle. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'd say morning person, definitely, because I, I love, I'm a, probably a bit unusual in that I like Mondays um, because I feel like it's the start of the new week, you know, you can get stuff done. And so I do like to get up early. Not that I've got a choice either with two little ones in the house. That's true. It's hard. The lions are luxuries of the parenting world. Yeah. Um so Lisa, thanks for thanks for that, and um, I'm sure our listeners have got to know a few more facts about you there. But we're here to talk about your role um, at Nas- National Museum of Liverpool and in arts marketing. So just tell us a little bit about your role there. Yep. So I'm head of marketing and brand at National Museums Liverpool, and um, we've got seven venues in total, um, which is great. Um, so a lot of a lot of pressure, and I suppose a, a lot going on really. And um, we um, we normally welcome on usual years about three million visitors across our site. Wow. Um, we have lots and lots of exhibitions, um, which are great. Um, we've got we're entrusted with, you know, some fascinating permanent collections. Um, there's, there's so much. It's just such a wide, a wide varying role, really, um, which has evolved over, over time. So I've been at, at NML for seven years now. 
um, starting out as marketing publications manager. So I got to look after our commercial books, producing yeah. those, which was really interesting. Um, but you know, we've we've kind of moved on now. So I head up um head up marketing and brand um with a fantastic team, such a such a privilege, and I know this might sound a bit cheesy, but such a privilege to work with a group of of talented people who are just creative and enthusiastic and give 100% all of the time. It's really, really nice. Um, and it's such a, a lovely team atmosphere as well. Um, it might seem like, you know, we get to do nice things all the time because we look after some really exciting exhibitions. It's always, you know, customers come into the venues to have an enjoyable experience or a memorable experience. So, you know, it, we could be forgiven for thinking that it's always quite nice stuff. Um, but, you know, it's it's still a marketing job and, you know, it still has um, targets and, and things that you need to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got venues that tackle some difficult subjects as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's wide varying, but it's it's exciting and always um, it's never dull. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can I can imagine because there's so many different things that go on, and with three million visitors across seven sites, that certainly you'd need a team of people to be able to support you to to do that. So I wanted to ask you in terms of uh, from uh, you know museums, do they have? I suppose they've gone through a renaissance in terms of the that visitor attraction stereotype. Is there still a stereotypical image of museums being boring? Has that completely changed? I wanted to ask you as you're in you're seven years in the mix in, in uh, at, at NML. Yeah, I think there probably is still an element of that. Um, and I think that's where, you know, museums and, and art galleries and other cultural institutions are really starting to come into their own because we are visitor attractions. You know, it's, yeah. I think in the past, you know, it was, Art organisations, cultural institution, institutions referred to as that as that really. But we are, you know, visitor attractions and, and not small ones either. Um, so I think I think, yeah, there's probably still some perception. But I think that is part of our role to, you know, make sure that we're making museums and galleries accessible to all and kind of highlighting, you know, the benefits and the opportunities that you can get from coming to a museum or gallery and not just in a, you know, in an education setting or a learning um, opportunity, but also, you know, for enjoyment um, or for, you know, expanding your knowledge on something um, a day out. Uh, we we even host weddings. So, you know, you can have your wedding in such a unique space. Wow. Which is, yeah, because there's lots of different, there's variety to the spaces that you've got. So it's not just a case of people having to walk around the museum and just look at exhibits there's a lot more to it so what sort of what, what, tell us about the variety of things that actually happen now at the at uh, NML. Yeah so we've got um, seven museums and galleries across Merseyside Um the collections that we have are, are unbelievable Um you know that's that's why we're a national Um we've got such such amazing collections and then they're displayed in really engaging ways as well Um we have a fantastic program of exhibitions every year um which is always really exciting really interesting to work on and you know where we do we do attract a lot of visitors um but then you know we've got our shops which sell some unique gifts and some really nice products we've got cafes um and i do always say that we definitely have the best hot chocolate um, and i've tried it at all <laughs> of our venues and it's fantastic <laughs> everyone um 
and we've got you know and then as I said we do events um, and we do weddings and we've got such a fantastic learning and participation um, division as well obviously learning is such a big part of what NML does um, in, in bringing education to life to people for people you know so children visiting on school trips or you know we have a fantastic program of free activities as well so there's usually something happening um you know definitely over school holidays at the weekend and um, we have a variety of activities for all age groups um and a lot of those are free um so you know it, it's making it's making arts and and culture and museums and exhibitions and knowledge and stories accessible to everyone and genuinely creating memorable experiences for people. I mean, you know, my entire career was based on a visit to to one of our museums. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to tell people stories um, because I was inspired by, by what I was seeing in the museum. And I went into journalism after that. And so coming to work at NML, even just interviewing for NML was, yeah. um, was so exciting and such a privilege. Um, and, you know, being able to work here, I, I think at the time I was saying it was the dream job and every day I still say exactly the same. It's it's wonderful to work here and um, not only on what we do, but also with such a great team across the board as well. No, that's great. So you, there's such a diversity in the types of activities and the marketing you've got to get involved in. So what's important then in arts marketing? Oh, I think what's important is knowing your audience um, because we've got seven different venues and we have, you know, lots of campaigns, um, you know, because everything that we do has a campaign, an exhibition has a campaign, um, a venue has a campaign, you know, any, any product projects that we do, any new galleries, they all have campaigns linked to them, um, which cover, you know, marketing, digital communications, all other elements as well, um, you know, promoting our membership. Um, scheme and and all of those things so I think it's really important to make sure that you know the audience for your specific campaign um so you know for us we definitely see differences of of audiences who go to one exhibition versus another or to right. one venue or another um which is which is really interesting um you know so it's kind of it's kind of exciting every time you're doing a new campaign because you get to you know review insight again and and work out, you know, what is the right audience here, and then what's going to be the best tactics to meet that audience. And I think that keeps us being creative every time because it means that, you know, you can try new things. Of course, you can, which is great. And you know, sometimes we might have an exhibition which is, you know, a new maybe a, a new topic for us or something that we haven't hosted before. Um, and so it gives you a new opportunity to try new tactics in marketing as well. Um, which is really great. And I think what's really important for us as well is being agile, you know, being able to right. kind of see what's working. And if it's not quite hitting the mark that we wanted, you know, changing tack or moving things around. But I think as well, always evaluating, making sure that you know what worked and why it worked. And if it didn't work, it doesn't mean that it didn't work because it was a bad idea. Sometimes it means that it might just not have been the right time. It might not have been the right audience. Um, you know, so I think for us, um, knowing the audience and then being agile with your tactics as well, um, probably the two key things for us yeah. because we have such a vast, wide-ranging audience. Yeah, so you talked about um, 
measurement and metrics and data, all the things every marketeer would uh, associate with and uh, museum arts marketing isn't any different because you said, you know, from a commercial point of view, you haven't shied away from that in your earlier responses as well. So is that, you know, is, the, is there a danger sometimes in, in arts marketing you can get all wrapped up in the arts element and forget the commercial bit? Um, I think for us, um, not not now. I mean, everything that we do is completely integrated. Um, so, you know, uh, the teams work together across all of the different areas um, that are required, basically, to make a campaign successful. Um, and that includes, you know, looking at our retail offer. You know, sometimes if we've got an exhibition, we'll have a product range and that matches the exhibition or we'll produce right. our own product range. Um, you know, we have um, sometimes we have themes. Um, food in the cafes yeah. uh, you know any events that come from certain things you know sometimes um when we had you know terracotta warriors for example which was a huge exhibition um you know we had a variety of of events that were linked to that as well um so all of those things obviously our membership scheme we're always talking about that um so i think yeah you know the the element of being commercial is is important um and i think you know you've got to strike that perfect balance really of of you know making things accessible and available to people but obviously also you know there's an element of income generation there also um and you know some of our exhibitions are ticketed so you know that in itself is is a commercial element to yeah. it um but yeah i think it's i think it's important to kind of make sure that you are engaging with a range of tactics that are going to hit the goals and you know, we're really clear from the outset around what our goals and targets are with every campaign. Um, and then everything kind of is defined from that, you know, the right audience, the right tactics, yeah. um, you know, the, the touch points, the key touch points for our customers, because ultimately that's what we're about. We're about creating memorable experience for our customers, challenging expectations and, you know, making sure that um, people do have an opportunity to visit us at some point. Yeah, no, so and you went through a rebrand uh, last year as well. So tell us more about that. Why, does, why did NML need to do a rebrand and what did it consist of? Uh, we did do a rebrand, yeah. It, it was a massive undertaking given that we were just about to head into pandemic um, at that point. Um, so the, the rebrand itself, the, the campaign for it and you know everything that we did with it was was mostly done offline which was really interesting um nml is it's got a great reputation um you know we do brilliant things um and i think everyone you know we've we've always enjoyed what we do but i think um you know we've moved on a little bit in terms of our ambition and where our vision was at um and so the brand really needed to match that um and so we wanted something that was, you know, that was going to be really reflective of of where NML is now and where we see ourselves going in the future. Um, and so, you know, we kind of um, went through, is there a need for rebrand? And remarkably, you know, 99% of people wanted to go for a rebrand. We were kind of looking at it originally as, you know, how would we, how would we update this? How would we move it forward to match the vision more effectively? Um, and yet yeah, most people wanted to move forward with with a full rebrand, um, which is fine. And then, you know, we went through the usual process around, um, you know, all of our research and engagement with stakeholders across the organisation. 
Um, and it was really remarkable, actually, because everyone was kind of going in the same direction, um, even down to, you know, choosing like brands, keywords and key images and things like that, which was really quite refreshing, but also a little bit unusual for us who've worked yeah. in for a long time, because, you know, sometimes you can get, you know, a, a small number of people in a room and you've got five different opinions, um, you know, on what the direction of travel yeah. is in terms of, you know, visual, because people always like that creative engagement, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting that with such a large group of people that we were engaging with through workshops and stakeholder engagement and surveys that people were all really kind of pulling in the same direction. But that was really refreshing, but it made it, you know, probably a little bit easier on us in terms of like getting that initial setup ready to go. Um, and then, you know, that was the easy and enjoyable part, I guess. The hard part was rolling it out because, you yeah. know, seven, seven sites, um, seven public sites and everything else that we had to do, you know, um, there was there was an absolute ton of, of elements to it and assets that were required. Um, but the team did such a fantastic job and not just not just my own team, um, you know, the teams that we work with in our visitor experience teams and our commercial teams and other teams across the organisation. You know, everyone was really engaged and willing to get involved and, you know, spotting things for us as well. I've spotted this that might need a rebrand or, you know, we might need to do this. And then when we got to the point of, of launching the rebrands, we did a teaser campaign for a couple of weeks um, before we did the full campaign where we revealed our new logo and everything like that. So we were just working with one of our assets to begin with. And it was lovely because once it was all out there, you know, people were kind of sending us little images saying, I spotted I spotted the piece in, in this area, yeah. I spotted something in this area. So people were really, I felt really engaged with it, which was lovely. So but it, it was quite a big undertaking, but I think it was enjoyable. And I suppose with, with a brand as well on an organisation like ours, you know, ultimately it's going to continue to move on and evolve. And, you know, there's always opportunities now, I think, to um, enhance our brand because our brand story is really strong um, and, you know, our brand identifiers are really strong now. So it was an exciting project to work on. Yeah, I can imagine that it sounds like, I mean, how many people will get to a head up a rebrand of a, a, a you know a national attraction it must be such an exciting thing and I, I'm sure that 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 should be on every comms hero's bucket list um to do something like that so now I appreciate you sharing that as well and and, and we're going to give you details out in the show notes and at the end of the podcast and I'd urge everyone to connect with you and, and you know find out more about it and working in the arts so Tell us, you know, you mentioned Terracotta Warriors earlier. You must have worked with some amazing campaigns and exhibitions just from the names themselves. Um, people will be kind of green with envy on some of these things. Just tell us about some of those campaigns, Lisa. Yeah, Terracotta Warriors was probably one of the one of the busiest, most exciting ones to work on. There was so much to it. Um, and obviously the actual Warriors themselves are just unbelievable the the history the story everything about it was was amazing but um you know I think one of the things that we were seeing as well with with terracotta warriors was we were starting to see comments coming through from visitors around um not just the experience but the set design and some things like that which you know are not normally things that are commented upon um, and that was really wonderful because our in-house team did such a stunning job of the of the set design work for that it was absolutely beautiful um, and the campaign itself you know 
it was really great. It it got to the point where, you know, people were very excited and you could feel the buzz, not just in, in Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool's, you know, the kind of city where you take something on as your own. And um, and it was very much like that, you know, of oh, the Terracotta Warriors. Oh, so many yeah. people should be coming to see it. And it was great. We had we had really great visitor numbers. The contribution to the local economy was was amazing um, in terms of, of the figures there as well. Um, and yeah, from from just a purely marketing point of view, it was yeah. just great. Yeah, it was really exciting. And then obviously we've got to work on, you know, some other major exhibitions as well. And um, the Double Fantasy exhibition, John and Yoko, that was amazing because that was it was a real privilege because that was quite an interesting yeah. exhibition. Um, so it's a real privilege to be able to to look at that. And I remember giving a tour to somebody. Um, of that exhibition that's not something I'd normally do but it was a, a fellow marketing person um, and so I was I was hosting a tour um, and because we didn't have time to see the whole exhibition they kind of said you know what what are your favorite pieces to see you know what would you like to show us yeah. and that was really nice because I'd seen the exhibition quite a few times and absolutely loved it um, so being able to select some things of you know that I really enjoyed was really nice but yeah, they they're just two, I guess, of, of some of the yeah. things I've worked on, um, which have been which have been great. But you know, there's there's a variety of other things. You know, sometimes you might only work on a smaller campaign, but the contribution or the engagement level is so interesting. Um, you know, and for various reasons, everyone has, you know, something that they particularly favour for for whatever reason that might be, whether it was you know, particularly successful from a marketing point of view. So from, you know, your professional view, it was great. Or, you know, sometimes there's some things that you work on which just connect with you personally, which are just lovely. And so you yeah. have that really nice feeling of working on one of those. No, and that's great. So it, there's so much variety in the job that you, you're doing and it's, uh, you know, offering a public service as well. So, you know, what's um, a, a typical day? What's a normal day in arts marketing look like? Oh, gosh, a normal day. I mean, is there is there such a thing? What's a normal is day? Is such a thing? Yeah. A typical day? Probably, probably not. I mean, you get some things that are, you know, standard stuff. Um, you know, signing off collateral, um, reviewing a major campaign, planning. Sometimes, you know, I'll I'll do some of the planning work as well on a campaign. Um, so yeah, I suppose planning a major campaign, um, reviewing collateral, talking about creative direction on on a marketing campaign as well you know that's something we get involved in with our design team which is great um connecting with our customers on social media choosing key images for for things um sometimes you know we'll be attending a meeting which is about something that's coming up in the future um so you know looking ahead with that kind of thing um or connecting with colleagues from the tourism sector in the city because it's a really nice um I suppose a really nice partnership working in the city at the moment yeah. um, for the visitor attractions and people who contribute to visitor economy and tourism, which is lovely. So you could, you know, be catching up with a colleague from from another organisation, which is nice. Um, and just last week, we reunited someone with their lost bunny, which created oh, wow. a lot of excitement on our, on our channels um, in terms of our, our team chat. We were kind of like, we've got we've got to reunite someone with this lost bunny. Um, and it was it was great. We did reunite the person, by the way. Oh, fantastic! No, it's, it's such what well, you know that kind of 
what a day that must be in the, you know a day in the life of uh, we can do a whole podcast just on that i suppose we might do a live one in the future who knows um so lisa it's been fascinating to hear about arts marketing and and your role and what your team are doing there's so much stuff for people to kind of be inspired by and um uh, you know if you're not if you're not working in arts marketing then go and visit all these massive you know loads of attractions that are available to everyone so um so you're part of the Com Zero community, Lisa. So why is that? Why is it important that you're part of the community? And would you recommend it to people in comms and marketing to be part of it? I think for for comms and marketing people, um, I I always feel like you you thrive when you're able to connect with with other creative people who work in your industry. I think sometimes when you know, particularly in comms, you know, sometimes the days can be can be tricky, and you know, and sometimes it on the surface it would feel like it wasn't that big an issue but it took you about seven hours worth of activity yeah. to get a solution so i think connecting with with other people in the industry is always a positive and you know that opportunity to kind of share ideas and reflect and you know i think sometimes when when you do engage with other with other colleagues in the industry it's um you know it's a great opportunity to kind of just think about new ideas to be inspired as well and then also sometimes, you know, to compound that what you're doing is, is good. You know, you, you do yeah. good on some things. So I, I think it's really important in the industry to be able to connect with, you know, with other people. And I think especially with the pandemic as well, you know, being yeah. able to engage with people and have open conversations about things and challenging things, you know, challenge what the expectation is of what should that look like in our industry and, you know, why would you do that? So I think I think it's really important to be able to have that network of people who who know what you're talking about um, to kind of engage with and, you know, chat ideas over and, and connect and share some thoughts. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that um, feedback, Lisa. So talking about engaging and connecting with people. So how can people uh, connect with you? What your social handles uh, so LinkedIn's probably probably the best one at the moment, probably yeah. because that's the one I'm most update. Um because I do obviously we do social media for work purposes. I'm not great with my old personal stuff these days. Um but yeah, LinkedIn is great. Or obviously I'll share my email address as well. And if anyone's interested in, you know, chatting more, drop me a line. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes as well. So thank you, Lisa, for that. And you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, and on our website, comzero.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at comzero. And if you are listening, please leave us a rating and review. It's always important to get your feedback. Uh, and if you fancy yourself as a guest on the podcast, then drop uh, a DM into comzero or myself at Asif Chowdhury. So this episode is sponsored by Blink the world's first enterprise app designed exclusively for frontline workers. And for more details, visit their website, joinblink.com. So Lisa, thank you very much for a fascinating conversation and we look forward to uh, sharing this with our listeners. Thank you very much.